But we want to welcome you home. Welcome home to Voice of Praise. Uh, we're just so glad to see you, whether this is your first time, second time, third time, or you've been here thousands of times. Welcome home. We're glad you're here. This morning, uh, Sarah and I want to t- take just a brief moment, not to interrupt the service, but we want to say a big thank you for all of your kindness in the Pastor Appreciation Day that uh, you you showed to us a couple of Sundays ago. We uh, we were away on a little mini vacation last week, so we miss seeing you. When, but we we actually we were sitting in the in, in our living room of our lodging, and it had a big screen TV, so it was almost like we were here. Uh, you know, uh, we did virtual church, and uh, you know we've been doing that now for a number of years before COVID ever happened. You know what? And I don't say this. We were. We, it was really nice to sit in our. Uh, room and to watch uh, you on a big screen TV, watch our service and be a part of the service on the big screen TV. But I've said this for a long time. Now I can say I've experienced nothing can ever replace being in the house of God together. Because even though we were watching, we weren't here. And we certainly missed you guys. So thank you again for your Pastor Appreciation Day, the uh, kind words. Some of you gave us cards. Some of you gave us gifts. Some of you fixed special foods for us. Whatever it was, thank you so much for that uh, that that show of appreciation. Um, we're blessed to be here. Uh, we're just a few weeks away from celebrating uh, our eighth anniversary. It's hard to believe, isn't it? You know, like Heath was young. When we came here, and uh, he was sing- young and single when he came here. And Katie and Michael only had uh, one child, I think. I don't. How old's Eli? He's eleven. So yeah, you only had one, I think, right? When we came here, so you know, it's it's amazing to see what the Lord is doing in your all's life. And man, the testimonies this morning. You know what, Jacob? The Bible says. It doesn't say go out and make Christians. It says go ye out in the King James wording and make disciples. And people are growing in the Lord. We thank God for that. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn them to Psalms chapter 40 this morning. Psalms chapter 40 verses 1 through 3. Thank you praise team for doing a a wonderful job in ministry uh, this morning. It's always, it makes it so much so much easier to preach. Thank you to Connie Black. I don't know if she watches or not, but Connie preached last week, and uh, you know we most a lot of you know Connie. She's been through a lot in the last couple of years or so. But I thought she preached a great message, and uh, she blessed my heart, and I trust that she blessed your heart as well. Psalms chapter forty, verses one through three in Scripture. The psalmist penned, I waited patiently for the Lord. God bless that psalmist. My wife will tell you, I'm not a patient person. How many times, Miss Sarah, have I locked you in the car at Walmart? When I pull up, my seatbelt is coming off, the car is going in the gear and the brake is pulled. I'm rolling out when I get in that parking place. When I get out, kaboom, the door is locked. Bless her heart, she's still taking her seatbelt off. (laughs) Bless the psalmist's heart. 
I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. I want to preach to you this morning with the thought in mind that we're never abandoned. We're never abandoned. Sometimes people, which are you and I, sometimes people like David. David was the man after God's own heart. We, uh, we most of us have heard that and, and, and we, we know David had his issues. David had his problem. But, but it's obvious David had a passionate love of the Lord. And in spite of all of his problems and all of his difficulties, the Lord recognized that. But David was a man after God's own heart. But even, even the people that love Jesus the most sometimes find themselves in some pretty slimy pits. And it's in that slimy pit is where we feel abandoned. We feel abandoned. We feel all alone. Now sometimes the pit, let's be honest with ourselves, sometimes the pit is self-inflicted. Sometimes we dig our own pit and we pour the water in it. We create our own circumstances Many times with, with choices that we make in life and decisions that we make in life and, uh, and Lord knows that none of us in this room are perfect in our decision making. None of us are perfect in the, dis- the judgments and the calls of life that we make. Some pits are the larger plan of God for our lives. We, in the life group that we sit in, by the way, if you've never been in a life group, 945, if, you know, the children are out of the room this morning, so I'm not going to include the children, but, but the teen, teens have a life group, and we have a Bible study life group, and then we have a topical, uh, life group meets in the fellowship hall, and the other one meets over in one of the rooms on this side of the building. Come out and be a part of a life group. But as we sat in the life group this morning, we were talking about what is fair. What is fair and what is equal? And you know, sometimes there's pits that we find ourselves in in life and there's things that we find ourselves going through and we, we have to, again, be honest with ourselves. Why, we, we wonder, why am I going through this? Why am I going through this? I've been a pretty good guy. I've been a pretty good lady. I, I have... I've served the Lord all of my life, perhaps. Or I've made a change and I've tried to be, tried to be the best Christian I can be. Or I, I, I've done this and I've done that. But in the reality, there's pits in life that are going to appear before all of us from time to time. They're, they're just simply going to happen. I would like to tell you that, that when you got saved, that you've been exempt and, and, and there's nothing Ever going to come and there's nothing ever going to take place in your life, but I can't tell you that. But I can tell you, there are pits in life. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike. 
So whether it's a self-inflicted pit, or if it's just a pit of life that, that we're going to, we're going to find ourselves in at different times, they're going to happen. In the feeling of David's abandonment, he, he felt abandoned. It's obvious. David cries out to the Lord. In, in many, in some versions you can read and not this particular scripture, but you can read and, 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 and it's David calls out actually in his distress. When you read the 23rd Psalm, most of us really like that. And, and if there's a verse of scripture that any of us can quote or, or uh, you know, it's usually somewhere or some part or all of Psalms 23, you know, that, that, that was a, that was a Psalm. That was a song that was written in a, in a, in a hour of distress. David's calling out in a distressful situation. Well, let's admit, if you were stuck in a slimy pit, wouldn't you cry out? A few days ago, I was, out in the, doing some work out at my dad's house and my dad's old place. He passed away a couple of years ago and, and I was out there doing some repairs to the barn so it don't cave in when it snows this winter because it, we don't get a lot of snow this winter, by the way. Yeah. We don't get, we don't have a snow by the end of November. I predicted that this morning, didn't I? And I was out in the barn. I was propping up the barn put, for some of the, for some of the rafters had rotted out. I was just doing some work. And my grandson was out there with me. And I, I began to dig back through some of the stuff. My mom didn't throw away anything. Neither did my dad as far as that goes. And there's a lot of the trucks that I had and toys. You know, I, I you know, for those, well, there's not that many young ones in the room. I, you know, there wasn't any iPads. There wasn't any cell phones. There, was, there wasn't any uh, Ataris or Playstations or we, we didn't even have, what was that, what was that first thing that came out? Remember Pong. Any of y'all remember Pong? On a black and white TV. We didn't even have that. We did good to even just have a TV, period. But I was showing my grandson some of those trucks and stuff. Some of those big old yellow Tonka trucks. He was fascinated by them. He said, Pa, what's that old big yellow truck? I said, that's my Tonka truck right there. Showed him my Tonka bulldozer. I had a Tonka bulldozer. I, I had a Tonka wrecker. I had all kind of Tonka trucks. I was, you know, and, and I could, I had my own little quarry, you know, sand quarry, because the place we lived was called Sand Mountain. And one day, one day, Daddy consented to take my sister and myself up to some other kids that lived about a half a mile up the road from us. And we went up there, and I took my Tonka truck. I remember we had an old 62 Chevrolet. And Daddy opened the trunk, because we didn't have no afford no pickup. And Daddy puts my Tonka toys in the trunk of that car, and we go up to the King's house. That was her last name. And we get up to the King's house, and they had this big pile of dirt out in the backyard. And I've got my Tonka trucks. And my buddy Chris. And we're playing Tonka trucks. Boys, whatever you all do, don't move those boards over there. But we were in construction work. How can you work without wood? We'd made two big old piles of dirt there and, and, and on the bigger pile of dirt and bless the Lord, we needed a bridge. 
So we went and moved the board. We created a bridge. And here I am. I have my big yellow Tonka dump truck. And I'm coming around that mountain of dirt that was probably about this tall. And I'm down on my hands and knees. And, and I have my Tonka truck going. And I'm bringing it around. I bring it around the bend. And I turn the corner and go down the other side of the mountain. all of a sudden, I fell in the freshly dug toilet hole. Not used. Freshly dug. They were getting ready to move the Johnny house. Some of you, does anybody not understand what a Johnny house is? You don't understand what a Johnny house is, Miss Dodge? Outdoor restroom facilities, okay? You know what? I sunk up in mud. That thing was full of water. And I very distinguished, you know, and, and you gotta remember, at six years old, I was almost as tall as I am now. Okay? That's the truth. And I remember I was in water approximately right up to here. And I can remember the dead fish worms floating around me. And the mud and the slime where that water had collected in that new toilet hole. And it sounds real funny to you all apparently because you're laughing. But it wasn't too funny to me. If it had been a little bit deeper, I could have drowned right in the toilet hole. Do you know what my immediate response was? I didn't laugh like you're laughing. But my immediate response was, Help! Help! And as hateful as she is, my big sister came and pulled me out of the toilet hole. Her and Chris and his sister Beverly. And I was just wanting daddy and mama to come get me. We didn't have telephones. Sorry, just the way it was back then. We didn't have any, I was in distress. Very much so. It's one of those things you never forget. It's marked me for life. I won't even go close to a Johnny house now. No, that's not true. You know. But the reality of it is, in my moment of distress, when I had fell into the pit, I began to cry out because I realized I was in a situation that I could not get out of on my own and I needed the help of somebody else. You see, it's when we find ourselves in the pit and we find ourselves feeling that we have been abandoned and we're all along and we're sinking up in the mud and the fishworms are starting to float right underneath our chin. It's in that moment that we feel we feel like we've been abandoned and we feel stressed out and we feel like there's no hope and we we we, we have to, we must if we we don't have to really, but we must or we should resort to the Lord because as they sung about in the song this morning, the Lord is faithful. He is faithful. The Lord showed up for David when he called to him out of his pit. Now, Jesus didn't show up for me at the king's toilet hole. But I have to believe, as bad as I hate to admit it, in that moment, my sister was an angel. Because she pulled me at my sister and I get along fine. I'm just kidding. We didn't back then. We fought a lot when we were kids. Just because I beat her with a jump rope one time, she got upset. 
But the Lord made a way for me to get out of my pit on that day. The Lord made a way for David to get out of his pit. Of course, my pit probably does no comparison to David. And the Lord is making a way for you to get out of your pit if you will call on Him. Now, there's five things that occurred when David began to call on the Lord. I've put ours in front of them, and uh, so it'll make it easy for you to remember. But five things that occurred when David found himself in a pit. Here's the first thing that occurred when he called on the Lord. The first thing is the Lord gave him rest. When you read verse 1, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and he heard my cry. He gave him rest. Rest is assurance, if you would. He turned to me and he heard my cry. Listen, I want you to realize this 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 morning. Would you realize that when you cry on the Lord, you have his fullest of attention. I, I like it when when I I, I I really love when I read that part about the stoning of Stephen. That when Stephen was being stoned to death, he looked up into heaven and he saw the Lord. He saw the Lord at his throne and he saw the Lord occupied and looking down on him. Stephen knew he was being watched over. I want you to know this morning, if you call on the Lord, don't call with doubt. Don't call on him with unbelief. Don't believe any lie of, of, of the devil or any lie of any of, of your naysayers or your Job comforters. If you call on the Lord, he will hear you. If you will call on the Lord, Lord, He is listening to you. If you will call on the Lord, He has got, you have got His attention. Time and time again, God reaffirms His promise in His Word. He says, I will. Time and time again, Jesus reaffirms in some form this promise. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Even though you may think that in that pit, God's not around. Yet he is. You know, Sarah and I love flying. I, you know, I'd fly from here to Princeton, you know, if I, if I had an airplane, you know. I, we love flying. We love getting in airplanes and flying. And, and, and you, you know, one of the most amazing things, uh, when we went to general conference, uh, our, our, conf- our denominational general conference back in, uh, July, I guess it was. We flew down into Jacksonville, Florida, or Sanford, uh, Orlando, Florida, and there was uh, some storms going on. And you know what? I think it's amazing because you're up in that airplane and you're flying above the storms. You're looking down and there's black clouds and there's thunder and there's lightning shooting out of those clouds, but you're riding up above it. But you know what? The people underneath those clouds, they don't see anything but a storm lingering overhead. But you know, the reality is that when you're in that airplane, you have a little bit of a vantage point because you get to see all of the blue sky and all of the sun shining and the storm is below you. Listen, be reminded that no matter how bad the storm is, no matter how much the lightning is flashing, the sun is shining above the storm. The sun is there for you and He is watching out over you. It's impossible. It is impossible for the Lord to forget about you. You, He can't forget about you. You are numbered. He knows you. He knows everything there is to know about you. It is impossible for God to forget about you. And there is nothing that you have done and there's nothing that you can do that will keep Him from hearing you. 
He's not going to go deaf to you. So there's rest. So sometimes we need to pray prayers and, and do works of repentance in order to get God's attention. But whatever it is, if we will call on the Lord, He will give us rest. He will give us rest. He will give us assurance. The second thing we see happen is David found himself rescued. Verse 2 said, he lifted me out of the slimy pit. You know, when I was in that toilet hole, my sister, she'd kind of come by and say, hey, how you doing? You know, they pulled me out of the pit. They pulled me out of the mud, fish worms and all. They rescued me. They rescued me. I thought I was going to die there, to be frank about it. I was a little boy. I was scared. I thought I was... I had watched those Tarzan movies with quicksand, and I just knew I was going to keep sinking, and I was going to die in the toilet hole. But they pulled me out. You see, the Lord will rescue you out of the slimy pit. He wants to pull you, He wants to pull me out of the mud. He wants to retrieve us. Matthew chapter 7, we read these words. Jesus said, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If then, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him. God knows how to take care of us. He knows how to bless us. And He knows how to rescue us. He has no intention. You, you may have you may have created your pit, or this may have been something that came along in life. It could even be a pit that was dug by the enemy. But listen to me. God has no intention of making you or causing you to dwell in that pit forever. Now, it may last a while. I don't know how long it will last. It may be it may be a few minutes. It may be a few hours. It could be days. It may be, it could be months. I, I don't know. But God is not going to leave you in that pit forever. The second thing is... Uh-oh, I missed one. It's supposed to be restore. I may have them out of order. No, revered. Revered. The second one is to be revered. And when we look at verse 3, I done messed myself up. Let me get down to restored. Restored is the third one. He will restore you. Verse 2 of the scriptures we read from. David said, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. You see... A lot of us, what happens to us, we stop at the rescue part of our relationship with the Lord. We stop at the rescue part. You know, there was a, there was a big football game a few weeks ago. Some of y'all, how many football, how many college football hands are in the house? Besides me and Faye. Three, three of us. Okay, Mike, I'll talk to you and Faye. Big, co- big college rivalry. Tennessee and Alabama. Big college rivalry. Hard-fought football game. The best team lost. Okay? Now Tennessee won. But here, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. In, in, in all of that, what, that, there was a, uh, 
there was a meme that went around because the game went down to like three seconds on the clock. It was one in three seconds on the clock. And and there was a meme that went around. For those of you who don't know what a meme is, it's one of those crazy poster things that they put up on social media, Facebook and stuff like that. And the meme said, it, it said, uh, okay, all of you Tennessee fans, now you need to keep all the promises you made to me while you were praying for the end of the game. Signed, God. You know, a lot of times we, we, when we're in the slimy pit, we'll call on God and we will make bargains, if you would, with God. We'll make deals with God. Or, or, or we'll seek, you know, we seek the hand, but we don't necessarily seek the face of God. And, and we say, okay, God, if you'll help me with this, Lord, please help me get out of the pit. Lord, please help me get out of the pit. God comes along and he pulls us out of the pit because he is faithful. But here's what happened. He doesn't want to deliver you just out of your problems, but he, he wants to give you stability and he wants to restore you to a place where you can firmly stand for him. He wants to put you on solid ground. He can pull you out of the pit and just, and, and sometimes we just want out of the pit just enough to know that that we've got our foot up on the edge and then we sort of forget about God. Sometimes we do forget about God and next thing we know our foot that's standing on the side of the pit has done allowed us to fall right back in. God is wanting to pull you out of the pit but he don't only want to pull you out of the pit, he wants to restore you and he wants to set your feet upon solid ground. Then, sorry I've got them out of order. Fourthly, Christ is to be revered. When we look at that, David said, He's put a new song in my mouth. He's put a hymn of praise to our God. You see, when, when we've called upon the Lord, and He pulls us out of the pit, not if He, but when He pulls us out of our pit, His name is to be revered. The, our action, listen, our action to be rescued should be a reaction of praise. Our reaction to being rescued should be a, a, a reaction of thanksgiving. Our reaction should be one of, of worship and, and offering and thanksgiving because God has been merciful and God has had abundant grace to us and He has, uh, you know, as we sung about this morning, He comes running after us. He's been faithful to us and He delivers us out of the pit and He cares for us and He brings us out. Therefore, He is to be revered. He is to be revered and celebrated because He has been good to us. And then fifthly, we find that in David's experience, verse 3, many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. You see, when we come to that place where we can find, we can find rest in the Lord, we are rescued by the Lord, we are restored by the Lord, He is revered in our life, then He becomes revealed through us. He, you know, how many times, because, you know, we're a Pentecostal church, okay? How many times do we find ourselves, Lord, I want you to reveal yourself to me. Lord, reveal yourself to me. I pray those prayers. 
I'm sure you do too. It's, it's, a, it's a natural thing for us and it's actually a biblical thing for us. Lord, I, I want you to reveal yourself to me. I want you to, to, to disclose yourself to me. Let me know more about you, Lord. Let me understand you more, Lord. But do you understand this morning with me? Well, will you understand that, that when we allow the Lord to work in our lives, when we've been in the slimy pit, listen to me. I had this thought the other day, and I don't know if it fits real good here or not, but here it goes. You know, every one of us are made out of dirt. From dirt we came to dirt we will return. You know, from dust, we use the word dust more often. From dust we came, from dust we return. God took up a handful of dust out of the ground and He breathed the breath of life in. Let me tell you, there has never been a dirt that's been made that won't turn to mud when it gets wet. And every single one of us, dirt, dirt, when we have obstacles in life, there's times in life that our life gets damp and it gets wet and we turn into mud. Okay? But God can take the mud and He can shape us and form us into whatever He wants us to be. But I can promise you what He wants us to be is going to be for His glory. So we find ourselves at rest in Him, rescued by Him, restored by Him, He and, and He is to be revered, and then He is revealed through us. Instead of the Lord revealing Himself to us, you understand this with me, there is also the occasion that the Lord is so, it should be and can be and will be revealed through us. I really didn't plan on the testimonies this morning. I really didn't plan on them at all. I just sort of felt a nudge in my spirit the way the, the, the service was flowing. But here's the thing about it. It's when we begin to glorify God. This is, I mean, this is really profound. I mean, it, it sound, makes common sense, but it's really profound. Because when God reveals us from the slimy pits in our lives, He is revealed in order that we... That we may tell other people, look what God has done. Here's an amazing thing. I, I was listening to, I was listening to some worship music, uh, while I was working on this message. I usually don't do that because I get distracted with lyrics. Sometimes I'll listen to this, this, this soundtracks only, this music, but no lyrics. But I was listening to music with lyrics as I was preparing this message earlier in the week. And, and as I come to this part of the message about being revealed, the song, I don't think it was a happenstance. I don't think it was just a coincidence, but the song came on and you all know it's one of my favorites that says this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long and you understand when god has pulled us out of the slimy pits he is he has given us rest he has rescued us he has restored us we are to revere Him, but we are also to reveal Him. We are because when God does these works in our life, it's that He may gain glory, that He may gain honor, that He may gain praise. The old songwriter wrote, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. You see, it is up to us to tell what God has done in our lives. And whether He's, what it's, he's big or small in your eyes, or the eyes of others. If God has done something in your life, reveal it. Reveal it. Share it. Let Him be glorified. Let Him be exalted. That others may trust in Him. So you may not understand the purpose or the reason of what you're going through right now. 
It's up to you. Madison's got to leave early, so I didn't know if she wanted to come play or not. If you need to step out, just go ahead and step out, okay? Listen. You may not understand why you're going through what you're going through. You may, you may, you may have created your pit. And you may feel badly about creating your pit. But you may not, then again, you may not really understand how or why you even ended up where you ended. But I can tell you this, you have never been abandoned. You had never been abandoned. God, God desires to pull you out of the pit. But what He wants, what He's waiting on, what He's listening for, just like sort of like I was that day that I rounded that little hill with my Tonka truck and I stepped off into the new toilet hole if I hadn't moved that board if I had to lift that's a message in itself if I had to listen to the daddy which was Chris's daddy if I had listened to the daddy I'd have never ended up in that hole I'd have stepped on the board and went right on across it But because I didn't listen to the dad, I found myself in the hole, in the pit, with the muddy water, the fish worms, and whatever else could have been in that that toilet hole. I'm just thankful it was the new one. Really is. But we didn't listen to daddy. So I got in trouble. But I didn't have to stay there. There's been other times there's things happened that were just totally out of my control. I didn't instigate them. They just happened. But guess what? Daddy's still around. He's still so, so good to me. Because all my life he has been faithful. So that's why I need to sing about the goodness of God. I want you to bow your heads with me just a moment. I say this with with respect. I don't say it without of any malice or harsh harsh feelings at all. But if you're, in, if you're in this room and you've never been saved, you're in the pit. You're in the pit of sin. You're in the pit of destruction. Does that mean no, that, that anybody that is a Christian doesn't have struggles? No. But it means that you've never been saved. You're not covered by the blood of Jesus. If you're in this room this morning, or if you're watching by Facebook Live and you've never been saved, those of you in this room... I'd like for you to slip up your hand. I won't embarrass you, I promise. Anybody in this room needs to give their heart and life to Jesus. Or you need to rededicate your life to Jesus today. Anybody at all? Thank you. Is there anybody else in this room? That would say, Pastor, I need to, I need to rededicate my life or I need, I need to get saved this morning. Is there anybody in this room? Heads, heads are remain bowed.
our respect for one another. Let me ask you another question. How many of you are in the pit right now? Be honest about it. How many of you are in the pit? You feel like you're in the pit right now. I am in the pit. I am in the slimy pit. Thank you. Any others? Thank you. I'm in the slimy pit right now. Anybody else? This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Those of you that slipped your hand up, I'm not going to ask you to make a step out on your own, but I am going to ask all of our Voice of Praise family to, to, to move up this way. And we're going to ask you just to move along in with them. And because you're part of our family this morning, remember, we welcomed you home. And as everybody comes, if you would desire special prayer, I'm going to ask you just to work your way up to where I'm at. And I would love to have prayer with you along with a lot of our folks this morning. Because, you know, listen, we're here. Our, our slogan, our goal, our mission is that we're here doing life together. And that's what we want to do this morning. So will you come, those of you, to pray. And again, if you raise your hand, I encourage you to to get my attention, get the attention of my wife, and because we would love to have prayer time with you this morning. Lord, we love you. Lord, we bless you today. So God, we come to you this morning and We all have our slimy pits from time to time. God, we testify. We, we make an admission today, Lord, that we need you. The pits are too deep. The pits are too slick for us to get out. If we could get out on our own, we, well, Lord, we really wouldn't need you. But Lord, today we confess that we need you. Today I confess I need you for the pitfalls of life. Today I confess that I need you in my daily walk. Today, Lord, I confess, Lord, that I need you to save me. So, Lord, today, pull me out. Pull me out of the pit. Lord, there's no pit that's so deep that you can't reach down in. There's no pit so slimy that it would prevent your grip from taking hold of my hand. Lord, there is no pit, Lord, that, 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 that scares you. There's no pit, Lord God, that would cause you to be fearful. But God, you will reach into the deepest, slimiest pit that there is. That could ever be imagined. And Lord, you'll pull a handful of dirt out of the mud. So God, today, I, with all of these people that are gathered around this morning, Lord, we submit ourselves to you. Church, I want you to just say this with me this morning. No matter where you're at in this room right now, I just want you to say out loud, Jesus, rescue me. Let's do it again. Jesus. Rescue. Me. Do you believe he can do that? 
Do you believe that this morning? That He can and will rescue you. If you do, begin to worship Him. Begin to praise Him right now. Because that is exactly what He is doing this morning. Lord, I pray for each of you. Lord, I pray for Dana. Lord, I pray for Leslie. God, encourage them. Lord, minister to their lives. God, I pray for Larry and Marilyn, Lord God. Lord, that their lives will be encouraged, Lord God. Lord, they, we know they revere you. Lord, may they, may they prosper in you, Lord. Lord, I pray for Sue and I pray for AK, Lord. Adam and Robin, Lord, I pray. Lord, for Bethany, I pray for this entire family, God. Lord, that you will just pour out your spirit, Lord, in them and through them, Lord God. Lord, and God, they will be world changers, life changers, God. We will see needs met, God. I pray, Lord, for Elaine, and I pray for Jerry. Lord, no matter no matter what kind of pit, but Lord, that, that will come before them, no matter what kind of pit, Lord God, that they will face, God. They're going to remember, they're going to recognize that you are faithful, Lord, all of your days, Lord God. Lord, I pray for Frankie and his family. I pray for, Lord, and I pray for Mary and his household, Lord God. Lord, we just know that today that you are, Lord, there's no pitfall, Lord. There's no, no pitfall, Lord, in the family, Lord God, that you can't resolve. Lord, there's no pitfall that you will not, you will not pull, Lord, the, the wretched out of God. We just believe that today that you are ministering and working in their family. Lord, I pray for Ballard. I pray for he and all of his household. I pray for his children. I pray for his children's children, Lord. God, we're praying, Lord, for the generations that have followed him. God, we just believe today, God, you are ministering and working in Ballard's life and his family, God. God, and I pray for Jacob now, God, that he will just continue to grow. He'll continue to be discipled. He'll continue to mature in you. And Lord, today, God, we just know that, Lord Jesus, that there's not a pit that's deep enough that can keep Jacob away from your love. There's not a pit that's deep enough that that that, that prohibits you from getting to Jacob. And God, let Jacob be reminded, Lord, that you're chasing after him, that you long for him. Lord, I pray for Kathy. God, I pray that you'll just continue to bless in her life. You'll continue to minister in every situation that she faces. May she always be mindful that you've never left her. You're never going to leave her. You'll never forsake her. God, we just pray that today, that Lord, that you'll minister your word. Lord, that you'll meet needs, Lord Jesus. We thank you for this family coming our way. God, we thank you, Lord, for the, the, the testimony that's been shared. And God, we, we pray for encouragement. We pray for restoration. Lord, we pray, Lord, for rejuvenation this morning. God, you are, Lord, one of your names, Lord, Jireh, establishes that you're a provider, Lord. You're a provider of all things, Lord God. You are a rescuer. You are a provider. Lord, you are a strong tower, Lord. The place in the, in, in the midst of storms, Lord. You're the place that we can run to, Lord Jesus. God, and restore everything. 
Lord, I think about Job. I think, Lord, I think about how Job went through so much and he didn't even know why. But Lord, his latter end was greater than the former end. Lord, we, we, I think about Job, how he ended up with more in the end, Lord, even though he didn't understand his journey. But God, you blessed him in the end more than he was ever in the beginning. So God, we just thank you, Lord, for restoration. We thank you, Lord, for ministry, Lord Jesus. God, work in a special way today. Lord, bless Pam. Bless Pam and Scott, their family. Whitney, Lord, and her new endeavors. God, minister to their needs. God, strengthen them. God, I pray for Mike and Katie, Lord. God, I just pray, Lord, that they will find strength in you, Lord. Lord, I pray that today, no matter what comes to them in their future, Lord, a young family, we know young families, are it's very difficult now, but no matter what comes their way in the future, God, you are able and you will pull them out of every situation. They're never alone. Lord, let them, let them always be mindful that they're never alone. If they will trust you, they can call on you, Lord God. Lord, and you will come and you will lift them up. Lord, let their feet be firmly planted upon the rock. God's minister at work in a special way in their home. God, we worship you today. We praise you. So God, David said, I waited patiently. Might not happen instantly. You see, patience and instance. Instantly. Patience and instantly are sort of miles apart most times. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. You know why he could wait wait patiently? It's because he had faith and he had confidence in the Lord. He had faith and he had confidence in the Lord. Now, if he had not had confidence in the Lord, he would not have waited patiently. He would have been overwhelmed by frustration and anticipation. But he waited patiently on the one he loved, the one he trusted. And the Lord heard his cry out of the pit. And as the Lord heard his cry out of the pit, he lifted him out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, out of the mire. Can I can I be a little graphic with you this morning? If you search out that word mire, that's not mud. If you get my drift. a nice way to say it. Sewage. My mom would have called it manuki. It wasn't just mud. But he lifted me out of the mud. He lifted me out of the mire. He set my feet on a rock. Not just any rock, but a rock. And gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to our God. And many will see and fear and trust the Lord their God. Can you give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Because he is worthy.